0: What's up, y'all? I am Chris Johnson. this is Straight Chub, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the fantasy headliners. Welcome back to the show. We got some big news tonight, baby. Fresh off the injured reserve, back in the mix. Chris Kennedy, what is up, buddy? What
1: is up, brother? It is so good to be back on Straight Chub. I'm back home, and I have missed the crap out of you and all of Headliner Nation. So I'm super excited to be back you know, that whole IR stint, it was mostly like old age, you know, once you hit 38, it kind of goes downhill from there. So we're, we're, we're slowly healing. We're getting back, you know, into the the physical therapy, but all is well, man, all is well.
0: Perfect, man. So nothing was amputated, you know, you're good to go. Nothing's missing. No, they they did remove the sixth toe that I was worried about, you know, so
1: now I no longer walk with that limp. So it's always nice.
0: Oh, perfect, man. Perfect. Oh, man, yeah. we're glad to have you back, man. It's been a minute, it's been a while. Good to have you back, brother. Good to have you back. We do got some football to discuss, my man. And you know, mini camps are starting to kick off, man. And this is exciting times. OTAs just finished up. This is good stuff, though, man. First thing on the docket that I have is Mr. Joe Mixon. He is getting some praise from his coach, Zach Taylor. However, man, this is the first time I've heard him say this all off season that Joe Mixon may be spelled out on third downs. And this was kind of interesting to me, man. And who, who's going to take the secondary role? That's kind of the question that I have that I've been kind of pondering. Is it this rookie? Is it Chris Evans? Is this what they're doing? Because I'm, I'm curious, man.
1: I think it, it could be for me personally, uh, because you still have Samaje Pirine, You've got Travion Williams. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it's Travion Williams, to be honest with you, because Ooh. right now Williams is he's number three on the depth chart, you know, for that, for that running back stable. Um, but I think he could be that guy that could take over that third down, you know, more of that, uh, that passing down situation for, for Cincinnati. Um, their offensive line is back and healthy this year, So I will need to see a little bit more from Chris Evans, to be honest with you, as we go through the training camps and the preseason, but right now my money is on Williams.
0: Yeah. And it's an open competition. I, I totally get that. I mean, with, with Evans, I mean, he does have that passing pedigree. He is that receiving uh, former wide receiver converted into the running back. So, I mean, there is a possibility, but I am with you. I mean, yeah, you have to see what's going on, but I mean, and wise, you're, you're feeling good. You're feeling confident. Cause I know, you know, he's been kind of up and down. I, I I'm still a little bit up and down on the man.
1: I'm also a little up and down. And I say that just because, you know, for years, it's been an issue with the offensive line. So for them this year, you know, they did go ahead and decide to take Jamar chase, which I'm not going to argue with that. Absolutely. Whatsoever, Mm. instead of going and addressing that offensive line situation. But, you know, they have Jonah Williams coming back, um, who was injured for a good part of last season. He actually was injured the game that Joe Burrow got that knee injury. Mm. And, so I think that what is also concerning with a lot of people is when they say that, oh, well, you know, Joe Burrow, the injury they need, they need a left tackle. It's like, well, no, their starting left tackle was actually injured for that game. So let's pump the brakes there. Mixon um, has the talent. Let's be honest. You know, he is a guy that can handle the workload, whether it's as a runner, as a receiving back. Um, so I love the talent with Mixon. But again, I need to see that offensive line be able to block for him. And I need to see the Bengals actually commit to giving Mixon the ball on a regular basis.
0: So, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been going back and forth with this so many times with Mixon, and it's, it's an interesting debate. it's an interesting topic because now with chase there, you have so many dynamic weapons in the receiving game. And, And if Burrow comes back and we've seen it already in OTAs, he's slinging the ball, he looks healthy. There's, there's no issues at this point, barring any setbacks. I mean, God, I feel like he's not going to see many stacked boxes, especially if Burrow gets on the page with the, at least even Higgins and Chase, just to spread the field. And and I mean Nixon, he could. Who cares if he's not really going to be utilized in the pass game like we want him to? Because maybe the running pedigree is just going to be there this year.
1: Hey, and let's let's not forget about your boy Thaddeus Moss, who is going to be reunited with Joe <laughs> <See>? Burrow.
0: <laughs> Thaddeus, man, <laughs> Thaddeus is coming, baby.
1: And and also when you look at the current ADP, I know that it's it's mid June, it's super early. Yeah. Um, but right now Joe Mixon is going around the middle of the second round um, as the RB twelve, and for me in my, my my rankings right now, I've got him as the RB eleven. But he's going right next to guys like Cam Akers, Aaron Jones, and Najee Harris. Mm. So you know you're going to be able to get that solid RB two in the middle of the second round. You know, regardless of whether you want to go running back or wide receiver in the first round. Um, but Joe Mixon is going right there in the middle of the second round and it's going to be I mean for me personally if I was drafting tonight I would have a very tough decision you know between Acres Mixon maybe not Harris but definitely between Acres and Mixon it would be a a game time decision for that pick right there. Yeah.
0: You're, you're sweating with that one for sure, man. I do like his value. I'm a mixing supporter. No question about it. I mean, it's just, you know, everything just hasn't come together yet in, in Cincinnati. Like we've all wanted it to. And I think maybe it's coming, man. It's, it's just around the corner and it's, it's, it's going to come, but I digress, man. I saw something funny today that you put in the, in the chat, in the group chat, man, that was funny. Nick Mullins, man. This was a, what the F stat. Oh. <laughs> And I gotta bring this up, man, because this is just awesome. He signs, by the way, with the with the Philadelphia Eagles today. And and then this uh, stat yeah. came up. So Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback in NFL history to throw for more yards than Nick Mullins in his first sixteen games. Man, fifty one hundred yards <laughs> for Patrick Mahomes and forty four oh five for Nick Mullins. I mean, we got a cu- uh, quarterback controversy in Philly, man. This is this is how it's gonna go, right?
1: I mean, you're going to start seeing Nick Mullins just slide up those, uh, those those ADP boards, you know? But I mean, all right, so so this is a stat that they've been counting since 1950. Wow. And Nick Mullins is number two on this list ahead of Andrew Luck, Kirk Warner, and Tony Romo. Like, that's absolutely unbelievable that Nick Mullins is in the same breath on the same meme with these guys, let alone Patrick Mahomes, who was just head and shoulders, you know, above Mullins.
0: I, I I can't stop laughing at this man because okay yeah sixteen games it wasn't full sixteen he was always usually coming off the bench, uh in in relief right. to his quarterback so I mean you can you can see you know these backup quarterbacks come in just start slinging the ball but I mean okay let's go to Philly for a second why the hell are they bringing in Mullins and they have Joe Flacco so here's the the thing we're we're moving on to a little bit of Hurts because. I'm not overly uh, sold on Hurts at this point because, and it's not because of Mullins. I'm not saying that it's not because of Flacco, but obviously they want to have a backup plan ready just in case something doesn't uh, go the way that they expect in Philly at this point. But I mean, how much are you still going? I know you're a big supporter of of Jalen Hurts. I mean, can you sell me a little bit more why I feel uh, to undervalue the man at this point still?
1: I don't think it's, I can't fault you for undervaluing him just because we have such a small sample of Jalen hurts. I mean, he only started a handful of games last season and granted they were, they were a phenomenal, you know, five or six games that he did start, Mm. Um, but he's that dual threat quarterback. You know, he is that quote unquote, what Twitter likes to call a Konami code, (laughs) you know, where he's going to be able to get you the, the, the points through the air. And especially in fantasy where you're still given, you know, those points for rushing, you get those six rushing, uh, for a Russian touchdown, you get the six points in most leagues as well. So if you're able to have that dual threat of a quarterback that just boosts the value that much more for, you know, for that particular player. And there aren't a lot of guys in the NFL. They're going to be able to give you the upside that Jalen hurts does so early in his career. I do think with the addition of, you know, Devonte Smith, you know, mm. opposite of Jalen Rager, they still have Zach Ertz on the roster for some reason. I don't know why he hasn't been traded. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, you still have Miles Sanders. They drafted Kenny, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. So you have all these different weapons. And I think it's going to help Ertz, to be honest with you, because for someone that is able to hurt you through the air and on the ground – Not only is it going to help him, but it's going to open up so many more things for Miles Sanders. He's not going to see, you know, those stacked boxes. They now have a healthy offensive line coming back that was banged up for the majority of last season. Mm. Um, And there's not a, a lot of film on Hurts. So I think that, you know, teams who may have figured out Lamar Jackson, you know, after a season or two, they aren't going to be able to figure out Jalen Hurts just yet because they're going to want more film on him.
0: I'm just, you know what I'm scared of is the passing pedigree in in the same kind of breath. And it's even like, I'm more trustworthy of Lamar Jackson through the air than I am of Jalen Hurts. And I mean, I don't dislike Jalen. I, I really don't. I think that he has a lot of good traits that he can build upon. But I mean, I, 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 there's something about his game, man. I get it. You know, he goes to Oklahoma and he has a good season, but I mean, you go look back at all these Oklahoma products that, you know, have succeeded in that program. And it's because they just know how to utilize these guys in Alabama. If we're getting the Alabama hurts, I mean, I'm out. I, I really just don't see and OK, maybe they can they can cover up a lot of the inadequacy with the wide receivers they have, because I like Reger, I like Smith. I think they're going to do very well. But this running back room scares me. I don't think they have an identity of who they want to use at this point. And I mean, you just keep adding pieces to this running back room. I I'm really, and with a new coaching staff as well. I mean, where do I fit Mm -hmm. with this, with this quarterback and, and for his ADP so damn high. I mean, I got guys down the list that I can easily wait for and be totally fine with it because I'm thinking at most you're going to miss out on 50 fantasy points.
1: So, so yeah, with, with Jalen hurts, the reason why, and again, I do agree that his ADP is, is a little bit high. I think he's going like the middle of the seventh round right now. And there are guys that are going, you know, Underneath him that I would much rather have, you know, Ryan Tannehill right now is being drafted after Hertz Mm. and with the addition of Julio Jones. Yeah, give me, give me, give me Tannehill there, but it's that rushing upside that just keeps me coming back to, you know, that upside with, with Hertz. I do think that Hertz can finish as a top 12 fantasy quarterback this year, more so on the lower end. But I think, you know, QB 11, QB 12 is not out of the question. And if I can get him in the eighth round, I'm okay with that
0: all right all right all right you know i can't hate you i can't hate you for it i'm just at this point i need a little more convincing a little coaxing you know a little back rub whatever they want to give not you but i'm just saying you know in general
1: oh i will it's, it's
0: my my first show back man you got my hopes up and whatever all right, cool. We gotta, we gotta ease you in, man. We gotta ease you in. <laughs> Jamison Crowder, man. Let's talk some Jamison Crowder. He's been making news. We've discussed him uh, the past couple of weeks, and the Jets. You guys know this already by now. The Jets have wanted to make him take a pay cut, and today I believe it was announced. Uh, I think a rap sheet broke it, saying that they have actually come to a renegotiation on his deal to keep him as a New York Jet for the for this upcoming season. And I see a lot of Twitter anger for this because they wanted Elijah Moore season to happen. And let me tell you something, I was I was looking back at this at at this depth chart. I was looking back at everything that uh, Mike LaFleur does. And this is going to be no of no consequence for Elijah Moore, in my opinion. I think they believe that Denzel Mims is not ready, And even if he is ready, it's going to be a, a mixture between him and Corey Davis if Davis doesn't produce. I think that this team is definitely going to be going a double slot more often than not because you want to have that electric playmaking ability from Elijah Moore and you want the consistency from Jamison Crowder for your young quarterback, Zach Wilson. So for me, this is just a win win because now you've got a guy like Crowder who's going to school up all uh, everything that's needed in Moore's game. I-, I like it, man. Are you on board? Because I see so many people on Twitter just losing their damn mind on this today.
1: Yeah. And let's, let's be honest. I mean, Jameson Crowder was going to be in the jets plans regardless for the season. I mean, he is going to be a free agent after this year um, and he most likely will go elsewhere, which is perfectly fine, but I'm right there with you. I you know I don't think Mims is at the point right now where he's going to be getting, you know, 85% of the snaps, like people, you know, maybe, maybe thought that they would. So you're going to see more of larger more. You might, we, I mean, hell we might see more, you know, four receiver sets. We don't know, mm-hmm. but, you don't draft somebody like Elijah Moore as early as you do to not have him implemented early on in your offense. Um, Jamison Crowder is going to be a great safety blanket, you know, a little binky for somebody like Zach Wilson, because he's so damn dependable and reliable, you know, in that slot position going over the middle, you know, pretty much doing what Chris Herndon refuses to do just because the guy's so fragile.
0: And that's and where I was going. Yeah. You're going to have.
1: Exactly. You're going to have Corey Davis on the outside. You're going to have Crowder on the slot. You're going to have more in the slot. I mean, hell, you can move more to the outside if you want to, um, but don't think that this is going to, you know, limit, limit more in any way, just because, I mean, let's be honest, what kind of season are people or what kind of season were people expecting from Elijah Moore? I mean, let's be honest. This is still the New York jets. Their starting backfield is Tevin Coleman and Lamichael P Ryan, you know, Michael Carter sure might be taking over at some point, but this is a team that's going to probably have to throw the ball quite a bit. So, yeah, Moore's is going to get his. He's going to get plenty of opportunities. Twitter just needs to stop, like, crapping their diapers and just wipe themselves for a second and relax.
0: You know, because, you know, this is the thing, too. The, the Chris Herndon uh, opinion is exactly where I'm going. How much longer are you people going to believe that Chris Herndon's a thing, man? He is not. And let it go, okay? It's it's over, man. Let it go. And I get okay, he's still young. He dealt with injuries. But still... You're talking safety blanket for uh, Zach Wilson. And this is exactly what they need. And I love that point. And you, now you have two of them. You got one of them who can break a play at any time on the field. And then you got Mr. Reliable Jamison Crowder all over the field. So, you know, he's not okay. His body breaks down after you feed, force, feed him like 14 to 17 targets a game. So that's going to be pulled back a little bit as well. So maybe it's the seven to nine range. And then you kind of spell everybody else after that. But I mean, efficiency rate is where Elijah Moore is going to have his, his, season come to fruition and i think he can basically be one of the leaders on the team for big play potential and yards per catch man
1: no i completely agree and going back to the chris herndon you know thing you know and for years i was a david and joku truther mm. and i finally have learned to you know get off of that get off of that train and look elsewhere because they're just some guys that just it's if it hasn't happened by now when is it actually going to happen
0: See, you know I'm want to talk because I'm still a Tevin Coleman truther, so I, I I gotta I gotta back. And you know what?
1: I'm I I'm still an Evan Ingram truther, so I can't say much. <laughs>
0: there we go. We all have our our, our problems here, but you know it, it works. It works. Deshaun Watson, man, we saw this I think early, late last week. This is interesting. So we haven't heard anything come from his legal troubles. You know, it's been an issue, mm-hmm. and and it's been very quiet. But then you see his t- uh, former teammate, Kareem Jackson, who now plays for the Denver Broncos. He came out and said, yep. Deshaun wants to play for the Denver Broncos. And and he's kind of throwing that out there media wise. And I thought that was an interesting ploy because are you trying to, what are you trying to do through the media? You're trying to cause a stir. You're trying to cause some conversation, but is that the way that's mm-hmm. going to get Watson to Denver? I really, I, I, are, are you buying it? Because I don't know if I am still. And even if he does, is he going to even play this year?
1: I mean, is is Kareem Jackson going to be the reason why Watson goes to Denver? Absolutely. Hell no. Of course, he's not going to be the reason. <laughs>
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> does it give us something to talk about on straight shove on, you know, on, on a weekday night? Of course it does. Sure. Absolutely. So <laughs> I, I will say this. I know that that Watson. Don't you ever like down Denver. the con-
0: Don't you ever down the content, Chris? This is good. content, oh,
1: Dude, we have we have influence that reaches miles and miles. miles. Don't get me wrong. I know that. Yeah, perfect. exactly. Perfect. You you go. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, Watson has been linked to Denver, you know, but well before Kareem Jackson started talking about this, you know, before um, Watson's legal troubles even came up, Denver was a, a potential landing spot that a lot of people wanted to see. Um, Von Miller went to social media today, I believe it was, or yesterday, in response to all this talk about, you know, oh, well, you know, I've heard that we could get Aaron Rodgers, I've heard we could get Deshaun Watson. And then I realized, wait, we have Drew Locke. That's the guy we're riding with. So, Von Miller, whether he's doing it, you know, for PR purposes to make sure that he's saying the right thing, Mm. it sounds like he and the Broncos are behind Drew Locke, whether, you know, the organization is behind Drew Locke is a completely different story. If they had a chance to get Deshaun Watson, they're jumping on it, especially where now, depending on what happens with his legal issues, you don't have to give up three, four first round picks for him. Now you could probably Mm. get him for a first and a second, a first and a third, maybe, and Does he play the season though? I would be, I would be surprised if he does. I think what would happen is if he settles out of court, I could see him serving an eight to 10 game suspension and then coming back halfway through the season or towards the end of the year. But I think that might be best case scenario right now for him.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been saying it all along. I think it's what eight to 12 uh, in that realm of, of suspension games. But I mean, I'm kind of sick of talking about Watson, but I just had to bring it up because I thought it was kind of funny. Todd Gurley, man, you see old man, old man Gurley. <laughs> I, sh- I should say broken. His knees, his knees are old man Gurley, all yeah. right. <laughs> broken knees, old Gurley, because I mean he's going to the visit the Ravens, and I seriously don't understand this. What is Baltimore doing? You guys give up a guy like Mark Ingram? Fine, he's over the hill as well, and you're you're trading him in for or potentially trading him in for because uh, I haven't seen if he signed yet or not. I don't think he did. Um, but you're, you're trading them in for what, maybe four years of age, uh, youth, youth wise in, in girly over Ingram fine. Uh, but I mean, you're talking about body wear and, and, you know, girly, if you're doing it for the purposes of just having a goal line back and in insurance purposes, then fine. I get it. And then this is why we were talking about JK Dobbins last week. And I mean, he doesn't need anybody else. I mean, you got Gus, the bus, you got uh, your uh, JK Dobbins himself is, is, is good enough. You know, justice Hill is basically not going to see the field. So I'm, I'm so confused with this. Is it more than just a camp body? If they do sign him, or do you even believe they will sign him? Because I, I'm, I don't think they will.
1: I don't think they will. I mean, you just mentioned Gus, the bus. They just, they just recently signed Gus to an extension. Um, Gurley has visited uh, he's visited the lions he's now visiting or has visited the Ravens. Um, I mean, what, what, what role is would he have in Baltimore to begin with? I mean, he would be fighting for carries with not only JK Dobbins, and Gus, Gus Edwards, but of course, you know, Lamar Jackson. And what is he going to give you? Let's be honest. I mean, they don't need a goal line back, which is what he may have done in Detroit, you know, sure. kind of get the, that inside of the five carry. Yeah. You've got JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. who can both do that very, very well. So yeah, for me, if they sign, if they sign Gurley, why? Why? I mean, I, I feel absolutely terrible for him because very much like a another currently unemployed running back and Le'Veon Bell, mm. these guys are are three years removed from being a top five running back in the league. And now you have these players who are 27, 28 years old, unemployed, can't catch on with a team you know, bad-mouthing their former coach. And, and I was moving I just, right
0: there next too, man. <laughs> and,
1: and so, yeah. So, I mean, as much as I loved what Todd Gurley had done in the past, it's yeah. it's tough to see him signing on to a team where he would be a focal point of that, of that offense right now, unless he went someplace that, you know, where he get maybe 50 touches, because I don't know if his knees can handle much more than that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, okay. We even, we even flirted with the opinion of saying, uh, do you want Todd Gurley in Buffalo? And I, I said, you know, I don't hate it only because mm. only because he gives you something that the bills don't have. And, and that's the thing. They don't have this, this true quote unquote goal line back that can, that can take the ball in from the 10. I, I'm not convinced single Terry can do it. I'm still not convinced Moss can do it. But I mean, if you're going to a team like Baltimore, when they clearly have running backs that can do this and, and JK is no, no slouch in the past game. So, I mean, I, I don't no. get it outside of depth and injury uh, maybe coverage. I mean, I, I just don't see it. I just don't get it.
1: No. And I mean, it's, it's tough because of the wear and tear that he's had on his knees, you know, the, the arthritis on the knee. Um, let's be honest here. All right. Hookers have more wear and tear on their knees and they're still going out there doing their job every damn day.
0: Whoa wow this is what we got man when we bring Chris back from injured reserve man it's 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 a good analogy such as those I will just go past that one really quickly because <laughs> as you spoke of Le'Veon Bell man he is making headlines and for the wrong reasons and I you know I really wanted to get your mm. opinion on this because I was I was looking at this and I said you know he can't be that stupid man like he's he seriously just can there's can't no be way man. No way he can be that dumb. And he retracted it very quickly. So first it came out that he said, I will never play for Andy Reid. And I quote, again, I'd rather retire. And then it came out just, I think, either yesterday it was saying, uh, what did he say here? He says, uh, I have nothing bad to say about Kansas city and the organization, the city in general, etc. What the hell are we to believe, man? Who's bad mouth in him? Because he's got a bad track record of talking a bunch of shit. So, I mean, is it, is it, do we believe he was talking now? He's kind of retracting because this is weird, man.
1: Maybe it was just too many years in Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown. Like maybe some of that rubbed off on him, but he style, did go, yeah. he, Exactly. I mean, he, so he went to Twitter yesterday and he said, I, and, and I quote, I said what I said and I don't regret at all what I said. First of all, I want to mention that he said I said I a said lot of that, <laughs> that, that part. Um, for those who have said, who, I'm sorry, for those who have a personal problem with me because of what I said, that's fine. You have your rights. Just understand I also have my right for how I feel about my personal problem with dude because of what he said to me. So it sounds like Andrew Reed said something to him that he didn't agree with Mm. and that may have caused him to say I'll never play for him ever again.
0: You know, you got to say, you know, okay, this is life lesson for all y'all, man. Take a look in the mirror sometimes and understand that it could be you being the problem. Because at at this point, I mean, I was a Lev Lev supporter and I was a backer. and, And now I don't think I can ever go back there because not only has his play diminished over the years. Okay, he took the year off and everything just never was the same. But now you're, you're talking like you're still the superstar commodity. Like people are vying for your services. Like, like you're people are beating down your door, trying to give you Brinks trucks of money. Like I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I I think it's, it's done, man.
1: I think so too, which sucks because he is still fairly young, you know, for a running back, he doesn't have, you know, that wear and tear like a lot of other running backs at his age, because he did hold out for that year. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, We'll call his his time with the Jets a, uh, you know, a blip on the radar just because I don't know if that counts. And he didn't play very much with Kansas City, to be honest with you, either. So he still has a lot of tread left on those tires. He just needs to be super careful about what he says and how he goes about saying it, because, I mean, yeah, you can get pissed off and and just spew off at the mouth on Twitter all you want. But you know what? I don't care if you delete your tweet or not those tweets, they live on forever. Like Mm -hmm. whatever you say on social media that stays on forever. And teams are gonna be looking at that now. They're like, yeah, man, he's a hell of a talent, but is he worth the headache?
0: And that's where he's coming. I don't,
1: I don't know at this point if, if he is, because is there a team out there that would number one, you know, need him number two, that would be willing to give him the kind of workload that he requires to really get going. I mean, this is a guy that does require a good amount of touches you know, in order to give you that production.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And I've had enough talking about him as well. And I just wanted to touch base on that one because it was just, it was so weird to me. It was so off the wall. Andy Reid, you don't hear anybody talk bad about Andy Reid. Like I haven't heard anyone. No. And it all stemmed from some, someone's Instagram post
1: about, you know, somebody ordering $700 worth of McDonald's and Le'Veon Bell made a comment. And I think people thought it was throwing shade at Andy Reid. Uh, First of all, Andy Reid, if you're ordering $700 worth of McDonald's, I my hat's off to you, sir. I salute you. Yeah, man. Angioplasty
0: coming his way, no doubt. Speaking of the Seattle Seahawks and troublemakers, maybe not. But I mean, it's Russell hmm. Wilson time. So a lot of people, you know, he, he caused a lot of controversy. He's making news right now. And everybody understands that it, what was it, man? Uh, February. He was uh, uh, rumored to be yep. asking for a trade. And and now all of a sudden mm-hmm. he comes back and he rejects that and says, no, I did not request a trade. I want to play in Seattle for the rest of my career. I mean, this is some interesting stuff, man. So now all of a sudden you start talking to me about how people angle and navigate in their day-to-day life. And this kind of feels like one of those. So he kind of put out the flyer early on in the off season where he knows that, you know, it might not cause a locker room stir at that point so he's sitting there saying trade me I want to go to another club and seeing how much traction it would it would respond to and then now we are coming into mini camps after OTAs and now you got to build a locker room to go trust behind you and now you retract your statement that's kind of where I'm seeing this one
1: I think exactly what it was it was him and again you know whether or not he actually wanted the trade or not it was out there, you know, his teammates were hearing it. I don't know how much communication he had personally with his teammates, but yeah, you're going into OTAs now, you know, preseason is going to be starting in, in just a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and you as the leader of this team, as the team captain, you need to bring that locker room together because if it's fractured in whatever possible way that it could be, a lot of it's on you, Russell, like you would be the reason why it would be fractured, whether you meant to have it done that way or not, You know, because say, say a team did offer Seattle a godfather offer, you know, for him to be traded to another team. I mean, would he go up in in flames and say, um, you know, no, 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 this isn't what I wanted. I wanted to be with Seattle all along, blah, blah, blah. You know, no, probably not. He'd be like, yeah, I'm excited for my new opportunity, blah, 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 blah. blah. Exactly. But, but you know, that trade didn't actually happen. He's still in Seattle. And yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be an interesting situation because you have you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who are obviously returning to the team. You have rookie Dwayne Eskridge. Um, you've got newcomer at tight end with Gerald Everett. So you've got some new pieces in here that you're gonna have to start building relationships with. And this isn't necessarily the uh, the kind of start that you want to get off to building these new relationships.
0: Absolutely, man. I, I, it could be a lot of trouble, man. If he but see, he's such a good guy in in most senses. Like you never see Russell really into any trouble. So I say troublemaker. I no, was, except was, for that
1: really awkward uh video that he did last last year you know that was about mr uh he, he himself a certain nickname mr oh, something yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah that was yeah, yeah that was, that was not uncomfortable rust. to watch i think he was drinking that night but i mean we'll give him a pass on that one because that's just not that's <laughs> not him but i mean okay so now we continue with seattle because they're making more noise saying that this offense is being pegged to be more up-tempo. And I found that to be very interesting, especially after the comments that coach Carroll said they want to be more run heavy. So which is it, man? Can you be up-tempo and run heavy? Cause I think that kind of would kill your running back. Not, not only, you know, to help your passing game. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think what he, so I, I went back and I looked at his comments from, you know, from after the season when, you know, people, people did, they, they criticized him. They're like, you know, Hey, why didn't you run the ball enough? You were throwing the ball 50 times a game, you know, and you guys were, they were pretty much a Jekyll and Hyde team from the first half of the season to the second half of the season. They had one of the biggest collapse in the second half of the year that I've seen in a long, long time. And he said, we want, I think what he, so what he actually said was as far as running the ball was not necessarily running the ball more volume wise, but being smart, sp- about when they were calling their running plays and just making sure they were being more efficient with it. And I think that's where the up-tempo offense comes into play is just making sure that the play calling is a lot smarter than it was last year because... Yeah, that second half of the season was absolutely awful to watch. I mean, there were situations where they could have run the ball, where they had the opportunities, they had the holes, the offensive line was providing. And it was like, no, Russ, I want you to have DK and Tyler both run go routes and just throw it as far as you can and see what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I, and I mean, so here's the thing. am I Am I out of the, or do I, do I not want to see them run heavy? I could care less because you know what the thing is, even if they are run heavy, that play action pass will allow this offense to be more efficient. So either way they cut down uh, Russ's passes by even to 15% for the season. I'm okay with it. I really mm-hmm. am because those efficiency rates will start to increase. He is not uh, known to be that high intercept ratio last season in that second half, he became that high interception ratio. and 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 that's not what we want to see from him. And I think the coaching staff understands that, but it's not just all about saying we have to run the ball this much more X amount of times to get that to happen. It's, it's now, it didn't help that the running backs were always injured as well. And now you see uh, Chris Carson, he's ripped up like a tree too. I mean, you know, they could have a decent season because they're going to have to ball out in this, in this division. I,
1: I completely agree with you right now. And, and that speaking of Chris Carson, he's somebody that's going to be on my radar for uh, you know, for, for fantasy drafts this year, because right now, According to his ADP, he's being drafted as the RB19 Mm. at the beginning of the fourth round. And this is a guy who's just one season removed from being the RB10, RB11 in fantasy leagues. I mean, this is the guy that's going to be able to get you 15 half PPR points per game because of what he does on the ground. He's not a liability in the passing game. He will be able to get you a few receptions here and there. He absolutely cleaned up the fumbling issue from 2019. So... You know, that's something that I think for him, if you're able to get him, if you want him as your RB2 in the fourth round, if you want to, you know, go running back in the first or second round and then figure out a couple other positions later on, then I think he'd be an absolute steals in RB2 in the fourth round.
0: Yeah, see, it's only the injuries that, that concern me with Carson. If he could prove that he was healthy for even 14 games and given you everything when it came to like uh, 12 to 17 carries per game. I'd be in. I'd be so in. And but but you're talking value to return on investment. I really don't hate that that round pick for him as well because he's still going to be your RB two, and then you can still find somebody lower than that as well to help you uh, fill out your flex and your bench. So I mean, I don't hate it whatsoever. It's just the injuries will always be a concern for me with Chris Carson.
1: I I agree with you. Um, I was actually going back looking at his injury history. Twenty eighteen. He missed two games, 2019. He missed one game last year. I think it was what four or five games that he missed. So, you know, it's, it's trending in the wrong direction, but like you said earlier, if the value is there, then I think the, the reward can outweigh the risk.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're looking for. Speaking of other headaches, we have to bring it up again because it is a concern and it's going to be an ongoing concern until it gets resolved. Mm. And that, that is the green Bay Packers and Mr. Aaron Rogers. This comment, I don't don't know if you saw this comment, man. This was kind of funny. Packers CEO, Mark Murphy, he invoked the team late general manager, Ted Thompson, in saying, Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fellow. That can't be good for business, man. Why? Why would you say that? (laughs) Like, Is Aaron Rodgers
1: is, so him saying Aaron Rodgers a complicated fella? It's pretty much in, in my interpretation, is him saying Aaron Rodgers is frustrating AF and let's figure this thing out. So, so with Aaron Rodgers, I know the, the whole big thing right now is, you know, is he going to be traded? What's going to happen with his future? And I haven't looked at his contract recently, but I'm pretty sure that if they traded him or released him. Even though it's post June 1st, they would still be eating a hefty dead cap from doing so because of that contract that he has right now. So, financially, I don't think they can
0: afford to move on from him right now, not this season at least. See, and I would normally agree with that because, except with the exception of the Carson Wentz deal. So, these teams are willing at this point to eat a great deal of money to get a draft picks and a headache out of their locker room. However, I do agree. And I don't think that he's going to be dealt. I think that Green Bay and their upper management have have dug their heels into the dirt in the sand and they're saying, hell no, we will not let you go. And, and, and he's just going to either have to sit out for the entire season, be fined every single game that he misses, because I think uh, mandatory camps are starting up here and he's going to be fine. I think 90 K a day, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it's not chump change. I mean, for him, it might be, but I mean, uh, this is a situation now, even with him not on the field. For training camp, at least, I think if if Aaron holds out all the way to training camp and he doesn't come into training camp, I think this is a major, major problem for Green Bay and every single fantasy option on that team now is in question.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if he decides to sit out, I mean, he's 38 years old. You know, does he sit out the entire season, come back next year at age 39? And and I did just pull up the numbers if they do trade him before the season starts, they're going to be eating $30 million in dead cap over the next three years, including this, this year. Like that's absolutely insane.
0: It's crazy. His numbers are astronomically huge, but yeah, uh, man, you know, you feel like you're kind of going in circles on that wheel, like a, you know, like a rat, but I mean, we got to talk about it. But why would you say that? You're stirring the pot even more. I'm so confused. Why would you do this as your, as your, what was he, the, the CEO of this franchise is talking about your franchise quarterback like that when the guy's already in Hawaii with his, with his girlfriend, you know, he's not even, he's far away from football as possible, humanly possible. And now you're talking this. I just don't get it.
1: Like, do you, you don't, if, if I'm the CEO of, of a team, you know, or a company, I'm not going out and publicly mentioning an individual by name. Like I just, I, I'm not going to do it. If you, if I'm the head coach, another player, certainly, absolutely. But if I am the CEO, you know, the team president, whatever role it may be in that front office, I'm not singling out an individual player. Like, especially not when it's my franchise quarterback that has helped my team become so relevant since Brett Favre. I'm keeping his name out my mouth.
0: Wasn't he the MVP last year?
1: Yeah. 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 Without any weapons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay.
0: Carry that award, man. And you guys, I don't know, whatever. We'll move on. We'll move on. This one I found interesting. And I know this one took a lot of people uh, to shock because I was extremely shocked. The Minnesota Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer said that tight end Irv Smith would have not would not have a bigger role this season. And Tyler Conklin has appropriately emerged as the guy so far. So this is a very funny one to me. Is this coach speak man now that we are in June, mid June, or is he actually dead serious?
1: I really hope that it's, it's just coach speak um, because I mean, I think Irv Smith is another, he's another one of those super, you know, super young, extremely athletic tight ends. That's still kind of learning the game of football in a sense. And I want to compare him to Mike Kosicki of the Miami dolphins where I was all over Kasiki this past off season. Um, You know, I was like, this could be the year where he makes the jump. He's super athletic. They're going to line him up in the slot. It's going to be out wide. They're going to move him around. He just needs to develop as a better football player. And I think that's the same case with Irv Smith Jr. He's very athletic. He has good size, but he just needs to learn the game. He needs to let the game slow down a little bit more like it did mm. with Kasiki. And so that's where I see this now with with Irv Smith, Jr., you know, potentially um, Adam Troutman uh, over with New Orleans in another year or two. So this whole Conklin talk is it makes me a little bit worried, but it's also June. So I'm not trying to overreact like the majority of, of Twitter does. Um, yeah, Twitter, settle the F down. Relax.
0: Settle the F down. Yeah.
1: Uh, but no, I'm I'm still betting that Irv Smith is going to get an increased role. I know they still have, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. They, obviously, they still have Dalvin Cook. They have other weapons. But with Kyle Rudolph now in New Jersey with the Giants, I do think that Irv Smith is going to see an increased role. He will see increased targets. Is he going to finish as a tight end one, as a top 12 tight end? I've got him as my tight end 11 right now.
0: Ooh. So here's a caveat, man. So I went back and I looked, and Conklin is a much better blocker than Irv Smith is. And I think this is what is, this is what is driving the conversation. This is what is driving all of this uh, uh, speculation. And you know what? I, I was like, hell no, man. This is all coach speak. He's just talking a bunch of shit right now. And I really wonder if it actually is because this is what Kyle Rudolph, he was on the field majority of the time because he was a very good blocker. Irv Smith, I don't think has schooled up his game enough to be trusted because you know, first and foremost, this is still a run heavy team, man. This is, this is Dalvin cook 300 carries again this season. No question about it. They want to do the play action pass. That's what opened up Justin Jefferson. I mean, so, I mean, this this really is uh, one of these sticky things that, okay, you know, I, I try not to believe all, all the things the coaches say at this point of the offseason because, like I said, we're, we're continuing to say it's only June, man, so a lot can change. But, I mean, if 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 Conklin, which he has shown his ability in the red zone, he's shown his hands are much better than I thought they were. Um, this is very interesting to me because this could make uh, Irv Smith one of the biggest draft busts in 2021, man.
1: Yeah, and we're where Conklin is a better pass blocker than Irv Smith is they're They're both about the same when it comes to run blocking, but pass blocking Irv Smith definitely is, is, you know, lower man of the totem pole there. So we could see Conklin more in on third downs, which could limit the snaps. But I mean, heck, I'll, I'll still take Irv Smith in the red zone, you know, on first and second down. I'm, I'm still going with him.
0: You're still in. Okay. He's in
1: still in on Irv Smith.
0: What about this guy? Because I'm not in on this guy at all. And everybody keeps telling me to jump on board. Mr. LaVisca Chenault. I can't do it. I I don't know why, man. I want to. It's like one of those things, you know, the the food is staring at you in the face. You want to eat it, but you know it's going to make you fat, man. So do you eat it? Do you not eat it? Right now I'm saying I can't eat it, man. I need a diet. I can't eat.
1: All right, so number one, you're asking the completely wrong person <laughs> because you know I will eat anything and everything. Hey, well, that's a poor analogy for you because you I don't I don't care what happens afterwards, <sighs> but I will say this about Mr. Leviska Chenault. Um, he will not be the wide receiver one for Jacksonville. Um, that's that role is still Mr. DJ Charks. With Chenault, I do like him. I'm not on the the train with everybody else, you know. I'm I don't mind him as a player. Is he someone that would see my starting roster in fantasy football? No, he would be a plug and play bye week fill in. Um, I think play? he's a top, Absolutely. Exactly. I think he's a top 50 fantasy player. I think right now I have him as my wide receiver 45, wide receiver 46. Mm. But I wouldn't I wouldn't throw him in there in the flex, to be honest with you.
0: So, you know what he's good at? He's good at the contested catches. I'm not going to say th- those bad things about his game. He is, but he it's just far too much gadget style for me to feel comfortable. And and that's how he was used. OK, is he going to be a primarily a slot guy who's going deep and making contested catches? Really? I mean, I, I just don't see it, man. I, I think that that role is going to be just given up to Chark no matter what it is. And those are the plays that are going to go to him. But when it comes to Chenault, I mean, and now you see, this is what complicates the matters even more. You drafted Travis at the end. You still have James Robinson. So what's his value even in the run game? If you want to do these jet sweeps, there's not enough of that to go around. So, I mean, you're you're practicing Travis at the end in the past game to make uh, 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 Trevor Lawrence a lot more comfortable. I don't know, man. Really, if we're talking safety blankets for rookie quarterbacks, I, I really don't feel like he is one.
1: No, and, and don't forget, they signed Marvin Jones in the offseason. Thank you. Exactly. They, have, they have Colin Johnson, who's on the up, to be honest with you. Um, like, I like him, and too. I, I completely agree. And I'm a little, I'm not mad that you didn't mention this this person. I'm just a little disappointed. I mean, let's be honest, Tim Tebow is just huh. going to outshine everybody. <laughs>
0: Tim T- Tim Tebow. He, you know, Tim Tebow, we talked about Tim Tebow, man. He's there to be the locker room leader. And that is it, man. You can knock it off with.
1: And to, and to sell and to sell jerseys. Yeah.
0: That's that's the the, the number one Jersey sales right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But no, I think, I think that, you know, Chanel is going to be, you know, third or fourth on the, on the pecking list as far as, you know, targets, because, you know, yeah, as you mentioned, James Robinson, ETN, shark, Marvin Jones, Colin Johnson, if he comes up, I mean,
0: and how much are I they going to pass, Chenault? man? How much are they going to pass that's this thing?
1: Year? Well, looking at their defense, they may have to pass. Sure, a fair bit. enough. So the, but, I, but I mean, so the we're... passing attempts could be there. But I don't think that Chanel is going to be, you know,
0: I mean, is Chanel, what's he going to get you? 70, 80 targets, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. If that. Yeah. His, his upside only lies to me in touchdowns and that's it. And I mean, I don't even think he's the go-to in the touchdown in the red zone. So I I, I don't like it.
1: No, no, I don't no, like I it. Think, I think that in the red it. zone. Yeah. You're going to see, I, I will say this, you know, going to staying with the Jags real quick. I'm kind of excited to see what Mr. James O'Shaughnessy could do this year, especially in the red hey. zone over tight end. I'm I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm okay with him being a sleeper yeah. too, man. You need a safety binky. There's there's your binky right there. Mr. They they did
1: draft a guy by the name of Luke Farrell, and I do want to just quickly um, give a shout out slash throw under the bus my brother uh, Benjamin. We are in a family uh, dynasty league together <laughs> with uh, with his with his wife's family. You know her her brother cousins and whatnot. There's ten or twelve of us in this league. It's been going on for a few years now, and. My brother I think had like the the 4th overall pick and for, I forget who he took in the first round but at 204 this is a single QB non tight end premium league he drafts Luke Farrell the number 3 tight end for the Jaguars with his 204 pick in the dynasty league and I texted him right after I said is everything okay <laughs> I didn't get a response this is and your he brother has yet to reply This is my brother. And this draft was like a month and a half ago. And he has yet to reply to my text message about,
0: you know what, man? His, uh, his player card is revoked man. (laughs) after that play. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's that's just not right, man. That, that goes down in history
1: as one of the worst rookie picks I've ever seen in the draft.
0: Nice. Nice. He gets the shame, (laughs) shame all day. You know, one player I really want to talk about now that this Julio Jones trade is done is Mr. Russell gauge, man. So I was up on him last year. I said, you know, he has a lot of ability, and now we're starting to see even the coaching staff right now saying that he's playing in multiple spots. So you're trying. This is this went to the conversation we had last week, and you, you were in, you weren't privy to that conversation. But I was suggesting everything to say that this this Falcons team now can move forward, kind of like the Detroit Lions move forward without Calvin Johnson. Now you can spread the ball around. There isn't one vo, uh, focal point that you can say needs to be fed the ball every single play. Like like Julio was. Now Russell Gage has so much appeal to me because everybody's going to be on the Calvin Ridley's, the Kyle Pitts. The forgotten man is going to be Russell Gage, and he's going to navigate everywhere on this field. We still know Matt Ryan is going to be able to throw the ball. And where you can get Russell Gage right now for ADP, it does not hurt your stock whatsoever to draft this man, put him on your bench and have a potential weekly flex appeal without even thinking about it, man. This is where I'm this is how high I'm going with Gage right now.
1: I don't hate it because. When you look at what Gage has done, you know uh, when when Julio Jones has been out of the lineup, his PPR numbers increase by four points per game. He averages one and a half more receptions per game. His touchdown numbers go up. His targets increase by a couple, and his receiving yards have increased by sixteen to seventeen yards without Julio Jones, you know, lining up there with, with Ridley with Russell Gage. So with gauge now being the number two guy, you know, opposite of, of Ridley, he's going to see more targets. He's going to get more opportunities. And I'm completely right there with you in an offense. That's going to be throwing 600 times in a season, especially with that defense. I'm more than okay with him being a flex option for me because he's going to get the opportunities because of how often Atlanta is going to have to throw the ball to keep themselves in football games.
0: Absolutely. And I, and I, and I realize all the numbers that back, you know, Calvin Ridley without Julio as well, they're just baller numbers and I get it, but I mean, you're going to have to have that secondary piece. And I mean, everyone's saying the, you know, the Zach, uh, Zacharias, uh, and then the other cat that they have there. But I mean, Gage has kind of already put himself in the situation where he was already kind of being that third wide receiver on this offense. Yep. And now you can round this whole thing out where nobody is a top target. Okay. Calvin will still Ridley will still be a top target, but I mean, now you're kind of rounding it out where you can distribute the ball evenly. And I think Gage is in for a very good season, very underrated at this point. And I think everybody should be keeping him on the watch list because he's a big favorite of mine.
1: I am right there with you. And it, of course, you know, with the drafting of, of Kyle Pitts, that's certainly going to take away. It's it's going to take away targets as well. But again, Russell gauge. Um, I mean, right now I think I have him as my wide receiver, 39 wide receiver, 40, and he's been, he's been creeping up my rankings. i very, very, very close to that wide re- wide receiver three Mark. So by the time mid August hits, he might be right there. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it all day long, man. Hey, man, but you know, it's been a while. It's, it's been a little bit of a while, but let's, you know, normally we do dynasty games, but let's do some redraft games. You want to play some games today? I'm not going
1: to lie before we like, I, we haven't, we didn't even talk about it. But in the back of my head was like, I wonder if we're going to play
0: some games. We're playing yeah. some games today, man, because this is what let's makes do it, it fun. And I love it. We'll close the show out on all these. So we are talking redraft players that you want more for upside, man, regardless of ADP, let's Ooh. just go upside. Okay. Because we want to, All we right. want to help the people, you know, they're going to have difficult decisions come this off season in their drafts. I mean, it's going to happen. And I got some tough ones here for you, Matt. First one we got is Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott.
1: Ooh, for upside, I'm going Dak Prescott because that Ooh. Dallas defense is still garbage. And we saw what Dak did through the first four and a half games of, of last season. Give me Dak because I feel like he's more consistent than what we could see from Kyler.
0: Oh my, you shocked me at that one, man. Even off the injury, you're still going Dak. I
1: I am, and I actually have Murray one spot ahead of Dak in my rankings, but for upside, I'm going with Dak.
0: Wow. I think I'm gonna have to go against you on this, and I'm going Kyler. Trevor Lawrence or Matt Ryan. Uh again,
1: they are back to back in my rankings right now. This you're not you're weren't lying. These are tough. Um I'm going Matt Ryan. I love the offense a lot more than what Trevor Lawrence has to work with. And yeah, Lawrence is going to have his games. Don't get me wrong, but give me, give me the Wiley veteran. Yeah,
0: I, I tried to throw a little bit of a wrinkle because, you know, Lawrence is starting to shoot up these boards, man. And I'm with you. I think that the, the Falcons are going to be probably one of the leaders in garbage time points. I mean, the, the Jags might yeah. be as well, but like you said, uh, Matt Ryan likes to throw the ball. Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins?
1: I'm going cousins. I love what? I love what Wentz has. I love Wes has around him, but I'm going, I'm going with Kirk. I love the improvements they made along the offensive line. You've got Jefferson, you've got Thielen, you've got Cook, Irv Smith, F U Conklin. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like gimme, gimme cousins.
0: This might sound crazy, but I'm starting to lean towards Wentz. And I know it's a new system. I I get it. it's mm-hmm. June, though. I'm allowed to have this opinion in June. It may change as we That's go. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but for upside right now, I just love everything about this Colts offense right now. And I think Carson Wentz, you know, if if and I'll die on the hill. If I if I if I come in like August and tell you that this is where I'm going. I'll die on this Hill because I think it's, it's going to be so good in the Frank Reich system. It's, it's not like a normal situation where you see a quarterback go to a new system and he's going to have growing pains. He already knows this system, man. Frank Reich knows this system with Carson Wentz. So I, I think at this point, I no hatred on Kirk cousins. I, I am always been a supporter of the man, but I think Wentz is the man right now, Jonathan Taylor or Zeke Elliott.
1: Oh gosh. Boom. You know, I, my, my man crush of JT. The one thing that, that worries me is, you know, the involvement. I think Naheem, obviously Naheem Hines is going to be involved a lot more in the Colts offense than Tony Pollard will be in Dallas's offense. Mm. I'm going, I mean, are, are we going to see Zeke from weeks one through four? or Are we going to see Zeke from week six through 17? Let's assume, you
0: know, let's assume Dak plays every game.
1: Yeah. Let's all right. Let's say Dak plays every game. Again, I have Zeke ranked one spot ahead of JT, but I can't quit JT. I'm going. I'm going, Jonathan Taylor. I love it all
0: day Absolutely long. Absolutely
1: love, love the upside of that man.
0: Me too. And I mean, I'm all for yep. Zeke's rebound this year. I think he's going to have a stellar season. Um, but I, but I'm with JT as well. Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery?
1: I got it again. This is going to be an interesting one because with with Montgomery, you have Tariq Cohen coming back from that knee injury. In Las Vegas, you have Kenyon Drake joining that backfield, so I still don't trust Matt Nagy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give Josh Jacobs a slight edge here, as much as it hurts me. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like the lesser of two evils. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jacobs.
0: Here's how I'll I'll pose this one: If Justin Fields is a starting quarterback week one, I'm going David Montgomery.
1: I agree. Yes. Okay. I'm okay with that.
0: I like it. Javante Williams or Chase Edmonds. Oh. Recent news came out that you know Vontae is, is climbing up this draft board or up the, the he, running back room. Yeah.
1: As he should because he was he was my number two running back in this year's draft class. I absolutely love that man. Um and I'm I'm gonna go with Williams. Yes, I know that you know there's he's he's getting up there in the in the running back room. You know, they have Melvin Gordon, but I love what Williams can do. As a runner, as a receiver, he's just a, I think he's a complete football player.
0: I agree. I'm going, I'm going Vontae too. I love it all day long. Finishing it off with wide receivers, man. I got five. You ready for five, man? This is a little bit too much, but I'm, I'm giving you five. Slant boy or Mike Evans. Ooh. Slant boy is Michael Thomas. For those of you that don't know,
1: (laughs) we just refer to him as slant boy. We
0: do slant. boy. Um, Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going with Mike Evans.
1: Uh, You know, Slamp is going to have a, a new quarterback under center, whether it's it should be Jameis Winston. Hell, it could be Taysom Hill. If it is, then RIP to all Saints offensive players. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I'm going I'm going with Evans. You know, he has that rapport with Tom Brady. We saw them, you know, yeah. As long as he only catches touchdowns, that's fine with me. That's six points of a touchdown. I'm OK with that. Give me Evans.
0: If it's Jameis as the quarterback, I'm going with Slamp Boy. If not, it's Mike Evans for me. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore or Julio Jones? Ooh.
1: I'm going. D- I'm going DJ Moore here, and I'm Ooh. saying that because, as much as I love, Julio, not nowhere near as much as you love Julio, but I think with DJ Moore, even though he's going to have another new quarterback this year, you know, it's one more year under Brady's system. You know, with Matt Rule, um, I think the athleticism and the health is there with Julio. I don't know if I trust that hamstring. I just i I don't trust Julio to play a full season where he will outscore DJ Moore.
0: I love it. It's such a tough one for me. And I hated that. I even put this question down there. I think I got to go DJ more too. I'm, I'm terrified in how they're going to use them in this offense. I mean, will we see the touchdown pedigree increase? Will it be super offensive punch and in, in performance? I don't know, man. I, I, I gotta see at least, you know, one training camp session and how they're going to do this for me to change my mind. Brandon, I, yeah. or Kenny Galladay. Oh, this is an interesting
1: one. So I want to give the edge to Galladay here. Um, And this is all going to depend on, you know, I'm not going to call him, you know, Danny dimes, because for me, it's like Danny Nichols or Dan, Danny couple of pennies here and there because the guy needs to learn how to hold on and protect the football. So, and I also am giving the edge to Galladay here because granted the 49ers defense is very good. The giants defense is awesome. And I don't know how many scoring opportunities the Giants are really going to have because their defense is so good. So they're not going to have to throw their way back into a lot of games, I don't think. And there are so many other mouths to feed on this Giants offense. Granted, Galladay is the alpha next to Saquon Barkley. Mm -hmm. But in in San Francisco, it's kind of slim pickings after George Kittle. So I think Iuke is going to get a lot more opportunities um, there. I guess I just have to go with the talent and give Galladay the slight edge, but I mean, Ayuk is right there for me. It's like one A, one B.
0: Yeah, and you know me, I'm am a huge Galladay supporter. Always have, been, always will be. I just don't like Daniel Jones, and I just can't do it. I no. mean, even as good as Galladay can make Daniel Jones, it's it, the proof has to be in the pudding. And I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a nap on Galladay this year. I think unless the value is is too good for me to pass up, so I'm going Brandon Ayuk, Cortland Sutton, or OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. Um.
1: It's interesting because the way that I have my rankings, I've got OBJ pretty far ahead of uh of Sutton. And they're going like, uh, you know, almost a full round apart from each other, you know, handful of picks or so. OBJ is just the injuries just keep piling up. They keep piling it up. Um, when he is on the field, though, he's absolutely dynamic. Um, but then we have Sutton coming off of his ACL injury as well, the emergence of Jerry Judy, Noah fant, of course. Um I'm going to give the edge to OBJ here because I'm super impressed with the progression and the strides that have been made by Baker Mayfield and how I was a huge Baker hater last season. Mm. I ate crow and, and told Jake that myself. And was like, you know what? Like I was wrong on Baker. And it was that game against the Baltimore Ravens, that Yo. huge shootout. The poop game is what we're going to call it.
0: The poop game. Yeah. The,
1: the Lamar Jackson poop game and Baker Mayfield, even though they lost that game, He showed out, he made the plays that he needed to make. And because of that, I think that elevates OBJ, you know, over, over somebody like Court Sutton, who's still, you know, who knows who, who his quarterback's going to be, whether it's Drew Locke or somebody else.
0: I like me some Courtland Sutton a lot. I think he's a supreme talent, but I'm with you, man. I got to go OBJ here because I, I just love everything that uh, Cleveland is doing right now. And I just can't move away from it. Staying with Cleveland, Jarvis Landry or Devonta Smith?
1: Oh, well, again, Devonta Smith is all going to depend on, you know, the the quarterback situation. Um, Landry is just a PPR monster. We saw, we saw like Miami Dolphin Jarvis Landry last year. Now, granted, a lot of it was without, without OBJ, but still that Landry we saw last season is the Landry that I think we could be seeing again this year. And if you're in a, if you're in a league that rewards uh, receptions, whether it's half point or full, I'm going with Jarvis Landry there. I think this is an offense that's going to be putting up a lot of points every week.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, they're, they're predicated upon the run game. So, I mean, I get it and, and keeping Baker to the 20 25 at most pass attempts. I mean, 30 pass attempts. That's a that's a ceiling, and I mean, uh, th- so you're gonna have to be very efficient with these targets. I want to go Devonda Smith, but I mean, I'm just too scared of Jalen Hurts at, at this point. I, I'm, I, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll eat those words too. But right now, I'm gonna go Jarvis Landry in June, man. But that's it, man. That's the games, man. Welcome back.
1: It always come. Oh, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Good to be playing some games, talking football with my brother. Like this is. What more could you
0: want? This is what it's all about, buddy. Thanks for coming back, man. So real quick, before we get out of here, Jake has a message for all y'all, so pay attention right now. Yeah, real quick, though, before we get out of here, I want to take a quick second here, Chris, and I want to make sure I shout out our our partners here for the year at Fantrax.com. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, hands down, right now, offering the greatest fantasy experience for you, uh, for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play, they have you covered and we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks, but you can set up your account now and it's 100% free. So head over to fantracks.com slash headliners, sign up for that free account and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges. Totally looking forward to that, but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now. Fantrax com headliners so on that note that is the show thanks so much for tuning in you can find me on twitter at chris underscore fh1 you can find chris on twitter at chris kennedy 318 to all the listeners thank you for all the support and on behalf of chris thanks again for listening until next time stay safe and be kind to each other i'm out